Hello, and welcome back to the Electric Munch Podcast. As always, I am your host, Logan Grigsby, and we're going to have an absolutely wondrous show for you tonight. But first, a new announcement. Here at the Electric Punch Podcast, we are always looking to expand our media, and we're proud to announce that we're going to be starting a Twitch dance channel for streaming soon. Well, I'm not entirely sure what all I'm going to be doing. Expect there to be video games, EDM, music, music, and more. Uh, hopefully, we're going to start maybe live streaming some interviews. Um, I'm hoping to maybe do some stuff like just like more off on my own, like EDM of the week or EDM of the month more. So I'm going to be doing some fun things on there. So be looking forward to that. And with that, I would like to welcome tonight's guest, uh, Dowd or the Kraken. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. Thank you for having me. So my first question is, are you more Captain Jack Sparrow? Are you Will Turner? Are you Dirty Davy Jones? Do you go down with the ship? Ooh, yeah. I definitely going down with the ship. If the ship's not up, I'm not up. I mean, I definitely will always keep that ship afloat. Uh, Definitely is the motivation and the right mindset to have with that. But... Man, Captain Jack Sparrow is more in my swing. Johnny yeah. Depp, Johnny Depp's yeah. the motivation. It's hard not to yeah, say. Hard. <laughs> Will Turner, though, I hear he's a heartbreaker too. That's uh, God, I know I put, meant to put down his name. Uh, who plays him? Uh, um, my oh man, you know it's gonna come up at the top of my head. It was Will Will Turner played by who was it? Orlando Bloom. How could we forget the wonderful Orlando Bloom? It's Orlando Bloom. It's Orlando Bloom, wow. sir. Wow, it's been a minute. Okay, so what is the plan of action when your ship gets a- attacked by the mini-armed beast? Uh, well, I mean, as being the Kraken, uh, knowing... Yeah, give us the best yeah, insight. Yeah, knowing the best way, you just have to... You just don't know when it's coming. The Kraken's a very, like, under... Water, mysterious water thing. You know, it's very low-key, keeps to itself. And then when it comes, it comes... You always got to be aware of the crack, and that's what you're saying. It could come out of nowhere at any time and just wreck, wreck. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so what is the inspiration for your name? Yeah, so so a little backstory. I started started DJing when I was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. So um, when I started from 13 to like 16, I Mm. was like kind of just figuring it out, whatnot, and really just testing the waters and stuff. I didn't know anyone else really had DJed as much or anything. Mm-hmm. So I just was my own little hobby at home. When I was 16 years old, uh, me and my family were taking a trip to Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was actually going to go see uh, Getter perform down oh, in Orlando shit. as well. Okay. Okay. And, Love Getter. Right. And one of the things that I started to come up with was that I needed to, I needed to, uh, come up with a name somewhat so in 2016 i decided to come up with the name kraken on another vacation trip we had gone down there uh it's actually that trip that i decided the name the kraken so what i came up with was something water related Mm -hmm. uh what's my favorite movies the pirates of the caribbean uh i'm a water sign so kind of mess with that and then i said kraken okay cool and then let's take the vowels out all right Mm -hmm. bet now now what's going on here we just kind of stuck with it and honestly it's mm-hmm. been my persona since Absolutely. since then so, then what are your views on aliens ghosts the kraken and bigfoot uh Do you think they're all real? real all real all real and i think bigfoot's an escaped gorilla uh the kraken's probably just a giant squid and aliens and ghosts yeah i mean yeah. i think like Gotta big be. bigfoot's Gotta definitely be. like an un 
talked about thing that needs to be discussed more a little I bit. I think he's just yeah. a, a, a series of gorillas who've escaped from zoos or carnivals right? over the years. <laughs> Every time one escapes, somebody sees a gorilla and they're like, ah, shit, Bigfoot. And there's no, it's just gorilla. Yeah. Okay, so why don't you tell me about how you got started on your musical journey? You said you were 13 the first time you picked up an instrument, kind of. What was that? Uh, and so, do yeah. you come from a pretty artistic family, or was that just kind of your decision? Yeah, so uh, growing up, actually, uh, in second, third grade, so when I was a lot younger, I actually grew up playing the trumpet. Not a lot oh. of people know that. Um, but pretty much, um, pretty much... Uh, when I grew up playing the trumpet, I played up until like middle school, I think, middle school, high school. Once I got into high school, I kind of kind of started giving it up a little bit because I kind of picked up DJing mm-hmm. and then just kind of switched her off, which I know I wish I would have stuck with it because honestly, looking back now, you know, I could use the skills and traits, but I still got them. They're just there, just locked away a little bit. It's all about applying yourself at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but DJing was just something I got like really passionate about. I had. I didn't have a lot of friends growing up and stuff. And mm-hmm. I had a certain way of like doing something like a creative outlet to like be able to communicate my emotions and feelings. Absolutely. Right. If you listen to a lot of my old mixes and stuff, I actually would mix specifically words to words. Mm-hmm. And like my mixes were actually like how you story. felt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's badass. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It was super creative thinking mm-hmm. back then in the day. Cause I honestly, I try to do the same thing as much as I can now, but Honestly, after all the mm-hmm. all the knowledge I've gained now and stuff, mm-hmm. sometimes you forget about the little simple things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then just kind of stuck with it ever right. since. So, but so are your family pretty artistic, or uh, are um, they into it? And how do they feel about your career aspirations? Yeah, um, I'm actually the only I'm mm-hmm. actually the only one in my family I think that's very like into music like mm-hmm. that. Um, kind of starting the first generation of that. For my family sometimes you got it yeah my uh my father's from uh new york he was in the air force mm-hmm. and uh he had traveled to morocco after retiring and became a contractor mm-hmm. and met my mom over there and then once they got married moved to kansas and then that's morocco how I, to kansas morocco to kansas what a yeah, journey <laughs> right <laughs> so what kind of music did you grow up to grow up listening to it yeah. it sounds like you picked up edm pretty early on yeah so honestly i i didn't even realize I was listening to EDM music. I, mm-hmm. I grew up listening to like a lot of house music, a lot of Romanian house music, mm-hmm. a lot of the European stuff. And then just like techno, you know, um, electronic mm-hmm. dance music and normal stuff. But a lot of it was just out of the country type stuff. And then when I was 16 was when I actually met Matei. Mm-hmm. And I met Matei at a club called Orlando's, mm-hmm. which was located in Olathe. I actually know Orlando's. I've been I started been there when I was 13 years old. And kind of funny enough, I met two other guys named David Yurnell and Skylar Legrand. These two guys I owe credit to are actually the guys who ever taught me how to start DJing. Mm. And Matei taught me what actually dubstep was. I didn't know what dubstep really was, was actually, at the time. Yep. Yeah. So it was super weird, interesting time, like getting introduced to something so different mm-hmm. and then also getting told like oh it's easy i mean it's not easy I mean, but like you can make this music on a computer and stuff and i was like i, I my brain couldn't comprehend all that but absolutely you know over time got mm-hmm. got to understand and working on it but yeah it was super funny but uh orlando's was kind of almost what seemed like a foreshadowing for my future because i ended up moving to orlando mm-hmm. or, uh, later on in my career okay so 
Who do you think would win in a fight, an alligator or a shark? And which one would you rather fight in one in one-on-one combat? Oh my god, I'd rather take on the shark. I'd rather get the shark. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Shark, a shark. You can a shark. You can like you have a chance of like like you can put your hand on. I don't know. A lot of people know this, but you can put your hand like on top of its nose and push mm-hmm. up on it, and like you'll put that shark to sleep. And if you can hold it there, but if it's like coming at you like real hard, I don't know what to say. Yeah, but. the shark's big mouth <laughs> open. I, I don't know how but, well I'm going to reach but, the nose. <laughs> but alligators are crazy, I'm, yeah. I will say. But that's a, that's a good question. Yeah. Okay, so I know you said, just talked about a little show at Orlando, but was there any specific show or concert that really inspired you? Um, specifically for like or, uh, EDM? Orlando? Oh, yeah. EDM music Yeah, just inspired stuff? you to like want to DJ and... Oh. Man, that's a great question. Um, you know, you know, I'm inspired every time I go out and mm-hmm. I see I see people who are passionate about the art, who mm-hmm. are like really caring. Some I can't. It's hard to pinpoint one specific show um, necessarily, but I mean, my first show I ever went to that was an EDM concert was Global Dance Fest in 2014 with Bro Safari and Flash Adamas. That was. That was really, really cool. And I think sitting there and contemplating after we got back to the hotel that night, absolutely thrashed. We were sitting there. I was just like, man, what would it be like, you know, taking what I already do now and actually kind of trying to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it took a lot of time about believing in yourself and absolutely. stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to have that sort of mindset to get to where you want. Okay. So, well, speaking of inspiration, do you have any artists that you look up to and what about them inspires you? Yes, uh, G. Jones is a huge uh, influence for me and the way I like to represent myself and my music. Um, I like the way, that, how creative that he is, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of, I'm my, honestly, my biggest inspirations are a lot of the people that I have inside of my like, uh, collective record mm-hmm. label. There's so many talented artists in there uh, that some people may know, some people may not know, and it's just like, it's so cool connecting with over hundreds of people mm-hmm. and seeing what kind of insight everyone's putting in uh, with their music and yeah. their sound. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about your record label? How did you meet up or link with them? How did you yeah get, yeah. get involved with them? Yeah, so, um, I, uh, so pretty much uh, in 2000 and 2017, I took... The, I took the chance and moved to Orlando, Florida. Oh yeah, I feel that I moved to Port St. Lucie. It's about ninety it, minutes south of. Yep. South yeah, there. yeah. So, um, man, it was it was interesting. I moved back and forth a few times, mm-hmm. but honestly, it was the biggest highlight of my growth. I got my first show after nine years of DJing in mm-hmm. Orlando. So it was kind of nice. I played at a small place called The Office, uh, a small place downtown Orlando. Not sure if it's still there or not. Uh, and after that, um, you know, I got to networking, connecting with a bunch of people, meeting people and making a bunch of amazing friends. And uh, the scene down there is incredible. Mm-hmm. Everyone's super, super supportive. And oh, stuff. absolutely. I really love them out there. And uh, I ended up getting to perform at Guilt uh, Nightclub and Celine uh, downtown Orlando, which is like two of the biggest clubs downtown. Mm-hmm. And such an honor to be able to play out there. And then I've also performed at a few other small places and just built up a huge family. Shout out to the Bass Mafia out there. 
And those people are the ones who kind of inspired me to keep pushing my artist and become even bigger of myself. And then once I hit a certain point, I was like, man, I, I have so many amazing people mm -hmm. in my life that I want to like be able to connect together. Mm -hmm. And I don't know any good platforms to do that. And then it just clicked. I'm like, bro, I'm a gamer. I, I video yeah. game. I stream all the time. I use Discord all the time. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go build a Discord server. I spent 14 hours straight just nonstop working, build, putting bots in this, trying to make it as organized as possible. Mm -hmm. And every day since I built that Discord, every single day to this point, which has been like six, it's been five, six months now, I've been inviting like at least one or two people, uh, reaching out to artists, I letting them know I'm what's in going your Discord on. Discord server. Yeah, so you yeah, got me. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I actually have I built a new channel mm -hmm. uh, in the Discord that says podcast channel, and it's like there are two other people that like making podcasts, and okay. like it's cool to network and that. yeah, and like meet a bunch of new no, people. No, absolutely. Stuff. I honestly have been kind of thinking about starting my own Discord server and, if you and ever, just adding every person that I've had on the podcast. And yeah, if like you that. ever need any help, I'd be more than happy to help oh, you too. Yeah, and well, then to, yeah, work something out. Yeah, hell no, yeah, absolutely. And then, and also, yeah, so we have about 350 artists in there currently, mm -hmm. and it's, it's really Great way awesome. to communicate, see, talk to people that, like, you listen to their music, just easy way to hit them up. Absolutely. Feel that completely. Yes, they've motivated me. They're all in there every day. Mm -hmm. They're, they motivate me to keep going, and we all build it together. It's like mm -hmm. a family thing, and we just got the, we just got the LLC registered and uh yeah we're about to probably release uh an album coming halloween love it love it yeah. love it dead man's tale excited can't wait can't wait to hear it yeah okay so how would you describe your sound uh someone who isn't super knowledgeable in edm <sighs> yeah <clears throat> so man so with with as long as i've been djing i i've i'm a very stickler uh about that you as an artist are supposed to stick to like one sound. I'm more about just all the music and I support mm -hmm. all genres. Now, uh, for me, I'm a multi-genre artist. Absolutely. So if you come see me perform, you're definitely going to get a lot of like different sounds. Mm -hmm. You're going to get, I love trap music. Mm -hmm. Trap allows me to play all different types of styles. So maybe you can call me a little bit of a trap artist, but at the same time, I'm playing house, drum and bass. I'm playing, uh, slower stuff faster okay. yeah and it's just kind of like i think that keeping it diverse allows for me to attract everyone and then also people who are usually stuck to listening to one thing may fall in love with something they just never heard of before so that's that's what i like to strive for as an Absolutely. artist yeah okay so this is gonna be a tough one uh how much wood could a wook chuck chuck if a wook could chuck wood uh a chuck a wook <laughs> i think that would be a chuck a wook <laughs> no wood you can't trust a wook to chuck your wood yeah He's just gonna get high <laughs> <laughs> you might that wook might be a good way with the chucking <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your creative process how does that look like for you does it just randomly hit you throughout the day do you lock yourself in the basement for a couple days what's, I, yeah, what's it look I, like i am locked away in mm -hmm. my basement every single day i live in my basement i live mm -hmm. with my family uh my parents a big shout out to my parents None of this would be possible at all if it wasn't for my parents. Uh, I'm not even going to act like I put all the expenses. Like, my parents have definitely sacrificed a lot, and we 
they know my passion and my dreams are to make this happen and become a reality with all my people I believe in and all my friends. Um, I, you have to stay dedicated to your craft, honestly. Uh, good examples of this is like Troy Boy, I think is a good person to like really look up to, I guess, in this sense. Yeah. This man diets, has a special diet. He'll have a workout routine. He gets up every day at like 5 a.m. Or at oh, least, God. you know, sets, he sets a decent routine for himself. Whether he sticks to it or not, um, like cons mm -hmm. consecutively, I'm, I'm not there to keep track of him. <laughs> but, you know, he lives up to that mm -hmm. mantra and he really proves and shows like what it would take to be like a proper artist in mm -hmm. the scene. He represents himself well. Uh, I think that's a big thing. I think that like a lot of artists will get into like the scene and they're still trying to figure themselves out, which we're all still trying to figure ourselves out, but you need to, with great power comes great responsibility. Absolutely. So you need to, you need to send a good example for people who look up to you, especially. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you're making music, do you feel like you're making it for yourself or do you feel like you're making it with the audience in mind? Both. 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 I have both in mind. I, 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 I wouldn't say like I'm making music just for them or anything per se. Yeah, it'd be all from the heart. It, it's all, I go off of, I go off of just like intuition and flow mm -hmm. and that's just the way I go. I don't even, most of my times, even when I DJ, I'm not, my sets are, I don't even have cue points or anything mm -hmm. set up or nothing. It's just like, I have it on grid and then I just go and play and freestyle my sets. Mm -hmm. A lot of few artists will do that and stuff. Some artists do. I mean, it's, it's proper to get a good, decent set list done, but really it's just me trying to tap back into that flow state mm -hmm. of mind and putting myself under pressure in those uh, situations. Absolutely. So how do you know that you're finished with a song? Yeah. Uh, mm. Well, you know, that's, that's the whole point uh, that mm. people can get stuck on. They don't, they'll like, and I, I'm guilty of this a lot is when I'm working on my own music mm -hmm. and I have like a loop, say like a, mm -hmm. I have like the intro and the drop done, but then I need to make the whole second part. Mm -hmm. And it's like, eh, I'm going to go start another track or something. That point at time, you, it, it's nothing more than just continuing the same kind of flow getting it done and then not dwelling on it and getting it released because the goal is to get music out mm -hmm. and then grow from that point on. Absolutely. And me personally, I'm guilty of it a lot because I have not really put out too much music. I keep myself kind of in the locker if you want to pun it out, but it's, uh, it's something I kind of wanted to take my time with my craft and understand my sound more and get a full grasp on everything. Plus, you know, being in that discord server, I'm learning new sound every mm -hmm. single day. And my next question is actually, do you ever go to the friends or discord server and get advice before dropping a song every single day? And honestly, mm -hmm. it is the coolest thing. I recommend anyone who's an artist mm -hmm. to open their eyes and start looking and get, get involved because you want, you want some wicked sounds. You want some amazing, you know, edits, fire music, unreleased tracks. Like you want to connect with people and learn how to do this. There's people who are willing to teach people for free. You just have to be willing to take the time and put the effort in. Um, and you have to be humble and be willing to learn, too. Mm -hmm. You have to be open-minded. You oh, can't absolutely. really come in with a closed mind. Absolutely. Um, and, man, I, I really believe, I'm a firm believer, especially with my own Discord server, that you are, uh, you are held accountable 
by everyone else and you feel obligated to just kind of hop in and see how everyone's doing because we all are in there every single day and we all are so nice to each other we're all kind of like looking out for each other so they motivate me to want to keep working on my music too even when i don't want to Mm -hmm. and then on top of that there's other labels with the same mindset and stuff too like uh shout out to megalodon huge friends with Corey. Uh, he has a really closed label called Bypass Audio that's kind of making small moves right now and making bigger moves underground, like real quiet. And they have some big things coming up. Um, also another label, Otherworld. Uh, shout out to those guys, Barrick and Chris C over there. Uh, those guys are super awesome. And, uh, and shout out to CeeLo at the Edits Club as well. That place is insane. So little dropping little bombs there for people oh yeah yeah okay so on the average day how many pigeons do you think you could carry are birds real okay chickens how many chickens do you think we could carry you could carry chickens uh definitely a solid definitely a solid four Four, you think four. you get four? Those things are oh. fucking feisty. Yeah, man. yeah. I would. I mean, I just pick them up. Okay. And try to act like a. Try to not think about it too much. Okay. Well, how many chickens do you think it would take to take down a hippopotamus? Ooh, you're gonna need like. You're gonna need like ten thousand. Ten thousand, you chickens. think? You yeah. Just swarm them. Yeah, because a couple of them are gonna get trampled, and a couple of them are oh. probably gonna run off, oh, get scared. Definitely. That's going to be a okay. tough one. <laughs> so speaking of teamwork to make the dream work, do you work better by yourself or as a team? As a team. Mm-hmm. As a team. Uh, I think it's me personally. Um, I, I do really great by myself, but at the same time, I, we're all in this world together. You know, I'd love to just get insight from other people too. I have a very open mindset where I can hear other people's input i may not agree on certain things I'm a, but i'm a big believer in yeah as many eyes many ears yeah just input input's always good it's not yeah. always great input right i mean like for example like i mean some some labels uh they only have like one or two people who are in charge of like everything and whatnot i have about 13 people who are helping me make decisions and stuff and they're all it's all out of their willingness mm-hmm. and it's just like it's so pure it's like the best ever so do you consider yourself to be a competitive person? Very non-competitive. I hate the concept of competitiveness. I think it kind of puts people mm-hmm. in a weird position that um, people don't feel uh, welcome. I mean, it depends. I'm all about competitiveness when it's like healthy. Healthy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like if I lose, hey, man, that was yeah, awesome. Great game, job. Yeah. yeah. Nothing like, nothing like, you know what? Like it's. It's like, you know what, if you're not good, you know, this, that, like that sort of competitiveness or like fighting against other labels or fighting against other production companies and stuff. I am very anti against because think about how much farther you can get working Mm. together with people. Even people who have new ideas or new insights they want to come in (laughs) or people who have just a positive, like you want to bring something positive to the scene. You should have people who want to be supportive Mm -hmm. of that positiveness. Mm And, um, yeah, I'm all for it. I agree completely. I just, I I think a little competition, light, light an ass under each other's fire, uh, a fire under each other's ass can be a good thing. Absolutely. I think I I was going to say kind of playing on that, like our record label will also host a, uh, will host, um, in the Davy Jones locker, a, uh, beat sample comp, like a kind of like a hour, hour competition, everyone for an hour, try to flip a sample. And then we all kind of listen to each other's flips. Mm Mm-hmm. 
little things like that and pick whoever had the best one and post it up or something. Things like that. So, do you have any absolute dream collaborations that you'd absolutely jump to do? Oh, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I could, if I could collab with ISOXO, G. Jones, um, uh, oh, man, so many people I could think of. Um, there's a, there's a so many artists. I mean, I'll, I'll collab with anybody. Uh, I'm all about like connecting and getting, I love, I love everyone's so unique. Everyone mm-hmm. sounds different. Um, and some people may, you know, something, there's a little stigma. Sometimes people don't like being told that they sound like someone else, but I think it's kind of like a compliment in a sense, more mm-hmm. of the fact that like, you know what, you both, are very yeah, musically I, talented I and that, you know, it'd be great if I want to play your songs, at least I have someone I could go into another mm-hmm. one of their tracks or something. I could play both of your guys' songs or something. No, I agree completely. And I think that's a concept I think a lot of people should get around and get behind, uh, kind of just being supportive behind mm-hmm. each other. And uh, yeah, um, kind of go like that. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of dreams, do you have any festival or show or venue that, this would be an absolute dream for you, be it Red Rocks or the Gorge or uh, Lost Lands or playing in some like Mexican Cancun festival. What what would each, be your absolute dream to do? Each one of those, I definitely am going to perform at. Mm-hmm. And just when the time comes, the time will be right. But if there's one specific festival that has a, like a really special place in mm-hmm. my heart that I really need to do something... It'd be EDC Orlando. Oh, hell and yeah, I'd, I get I'd, that. I personally want to play on the main stage. I, uh, I lost my little brother a few years ago and to um, an overdose. Someone had given him sorry something. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, who had fentanyl in it, and it took him out. And he was super young. And it was super funny that he had his EDC wristband on for like seven months after the festival was already over. So like when they took him to the hospital, mm-hmm. they thought... He, he just left a festival and stuff, but it wasn't the case. Um, he just made some new friends that were just really bad yeah, people, people, man. And uh, he was just getting into music and stuff. And I made a, I made a, like a, I made a promise to him that I'd play at EDC Orlando and I'd put his picture up on the on the wall. Oh yeah, man, that's beautiful. Yeah, um, yeah, that's my motivation. Well, if you could throw a benefit concert for any charitable cause, what do you think you would pick and why? Um, I'd actually, if I weren't, if, so I would, I definitely want to reach a point where I start my own mm-hmm. charity mm-hmm. to help. But if there's anyone I'd support, it's Juice World's mom. Mm-hmm. She started a fund um, for people who go through certain things that Juice World was going through. Absolutely. And try to help them get off of uh, stuff like that. Oh, and uh, I like that. I like that a yeah, lot. I think everyone should be supportive of each other mm-hmm. and help. There's there's more to there's more to life than you know that. And mm, I agree completely. I think that you need to understand like life is supposed to suck, mm-hmm. you know. And if you embrace the suck of life, then you can get through things quicker mm-hmm. and grow mm-hmm. a lot faster. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree completely. So, if you were arrested without explanation. What would your friends and family think you would have done? You know, I'll be uh, <laughs> on a more lighthearted one. Yeah. What would your family if, and if I if I've ever gotten ar- if I ever gotten arrested mm-hmm. and for something I w- didn't really like 
Well, that just happened. A couple, you just got arrested, and they didn't know yet, and they didn't say, and they hadn't said what you did yet. What 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 would they think you did? I can't. <laughs> Probably just got caught smoking weed or something. Maybe I don't get in trouble. Honestly, I stay out of trouble. Uh, I'm always helping each other, but. I mean, also, I have my medical card, too, you know, yeah. and maybe smoking out in public. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, it, yeah, it's just one of those things. It definitely like, would be weed for right? me. Right? Yeah. Weed, weed, weed is me. the motivation. <laughs> so, if you did not become a musician, where else do you think you'd be putting all your energy? Oh. Damn, that is deep. It's yeah. been like, it's been like yeah. my entire life. Hit them, hit them real quick with these um, quick, quick, funny ones and then to the hard hitters. I feel like... I feel like if it wasn't music, so just super weird to think about. Uh, I would be uh, maybe video gaming and streaming, um, maybe in that realm or cyber cybersecurity. Um, it's kind of interesting to think about because I there has been times in my life where you know, like when I lost my little brother and stuff, mm -hmm. I. I gave up music for a year. I, I hated myself, Absolutely. right? I can see but, why I've, I've lost my best friend through similar circumstances. Yeah, it's hard. It's it hard. And it makes is. you, it breaks you down and like, you have to keep going. You do mm -hmm. have to be strong and like keep going for them and for yourself. And, but getting through that whole phase, it's like kind of, it's a big learning process, I guess, in a sense. So if it wasn't for music though, cause mm -hmm. I felt like I was dying when I stopped doing music. Mm -hmm. Um, and once I got back into it, I realized, you know, I, I need to do this. So, and if it wasn't for that music, I'd feel like I'd be, I wouldn't be me, but if there's anything, maybe cybersecurity, gaming. <laughs> so you're a pretty, pretty good, busy guy, concerts, music, school, work, social life, family life. How do you find the balance between all that? Uh, you you just gotta you just gotta you just gotta keep going with it. it it's yeah. there's it's there's an, it's a nonstop ride. It's almost like as if you're at a music festival and everything's just like one right after the other. Boom 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 boom. I mean, it, there's always something happening, or I'm always like up to something. Like I'm either working on something. I got something in the works with the guys. Uh, like we're streaming. I'm posting TikTok content. I am on Instagram. I'm uh messaging people to join the discord server i'm just i'm always doing something that needs to apply i think there's one artist specifically i recommend everyone to go do this there's an artist named corday rapper who mm -hmm. actually came in uh played at breakaway um corday is one of the most intelligent rappers i think out there for his age mm -hmm. and he actually did a ted talk about his high level mindset method mm -hmm. and it's all about applying yourself being uh, trying to always apply a positive mindset even if you're going through it and then also booting the people out of your life that don't serve you a good purpose in your life no, and also some people some people, will, some people will definitely keep people who don't serve them a good purpose around because they feel uh, ashamed or they feel like attached, attached or they no. feel like they could fix somebody but you know, sometimes you got to let people fix themselves. Yeah, fix themselves. You can't fix people. Nah. I mean, you can help people mm. and stuff. I think it's good to have a yeah. good message. And if someone's willing to want to learn and help and move themselves forward, it takes them to want to move themselves mm -hmm. forward. I'm a big believer you can't help someone who don't, won't, doesn't want to help themselves. You can lead a horse to yeah. water, but you can't, can't make, make a horse drink. drink. 
Yeah. So in your spare time, if you have any, what do you like to do for fun? You know, recently, um, I just started, I just started, uh, I just started dating someone recently and congratulations. Thank you. And, uh, been awesome. And, uh, she's told me like, I work too much Mm -hmm. a lot because I just consistently am always either doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm also back in college now. I'm taking back. It's been five years since I went back. I'm trying to get my degree done. And, uh, she makes me, uh, we play video games together a lot. So if I'm not, I'm, I don't want to like get away from my computer in case I need to be there for a certain thing, but, um, you know, we'll play Grand Theft Auto and we'll stream on Twitch and That's stuff. That's fun. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So the day of the show, what does that look like for you? You constantly changing up playlists, trying to figure out what exactly <laughs> you want to play. You got pre-show rituals. Yeah. Anything you, yeah, anything you absolutely have to do to prepare. Being absolutely late on my own work. <laughs> yes, always absolutely late on my own work. It's um, it's it's super funny that uh, and it's not like necessarily I'm late. It's just me putting myself in a position. Is myself put. Putting myself in a position that um, I just kind of put myself under pressure, I guess, if you want to call it that. No, I, I understand that. I, I, I work I, best under the wires. So. I mean, I kick ass when I'm under pressure. And I, before a show, I'll have like my songs all going through record box. There was <laughs> the company show in October of 2021 at the bottleneck. Mm-hmm. I had made my set list. I'm, it's an hour drive to Lawrence and I was already, it was already 40 minutes before the time of the show to start or something like that. And I deleted my set list right before I was trying to transfer it. And I was trying, I didn't know why instead of like, it said, it said paste and underneath it it said delete. So once you click delete, there's no like, are you sure button? It just deletes. So when I clicked that, I, I I was like, oh my gosh! So I just put all of it on a USB, and I just went there and just kind of I freestyle every single time, and I somehow just get it immaculately. I just kill it. If I make a mistake or something, people 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 I say people fuck with it. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's really like people vibe with it. They really admire that like someone is actually do up there doing something. You know, so it doesn't get to me. Absolutely. Well, do you ever get nervous? And what about like yeah. pre-show jitters? Yeah. You have anything for that? What do you yeah. do for that? Smoke some weed. <laughs> Give me some, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you got, you gotta smoke. You gotta smoke. You gotta feel yourself out. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, me personally, like, it's all about like I'll do that. Also, I meditate a little bit right before my set. I think it's proper to give yourself a little bit of just like five, ten minutes. Um, I think a really amazing good friend of mine named Low Temp, Dylan, uh, and Zeke Beats, also both of them, they both talked to me and told me how important it is to implement that before your sets. And I've applied it every time. Absolutely. So how has your feelings of confidence changed since you got started versus today? My... My confidence. Yeah. Are you a little bit less nervous playing a show now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm a, I'm very humble. Mm-hmm. And I only talk about myself in a way like that where I'm I'm very non-egotistical. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I like that. <clears throat> I think I have a humbling ego if there's, if there's anything. I think it's I think it's like more about confidence like mm-hmm. you said and I I feel like I'm in the like for me it's just like I'm I work hard mm-hmm. and feel like deserved the position. There's sometimes like if I'm put in a position, I don't feel like I deserve it. I won't get the gratitude feeling because I don't feel like I worked hard enough to get it. It doesn't even matter if I got it or not. You know, I could get booked for headlining stage at a festival, but if I feel like I didn't deserve that headlining stage at a festival or something, or I let it get to me, uh, sometimes I won't give myself gratitude. And uh, I think that's imposter syndrome. No, I get that. I um, get that. I've been trying to defeat that. Um, it's something I've been dealing with, but a lot of people in the Discord, my record label... I didn't, I I didn't want to take ownership of a lot of stuff because of like that whole mm-hmm. ego thing. I like to avoid, but you know they all they all understand where I'm coming from. Oh, and, absolutely, right. I I think it's better to have the attitude that you have than a lot of people's fucking attitude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's just a good humble way. It's the harder it's the harder mm-hmm. route. It's the mm-hmm. more it's the more energy I think depriving. Because the other way is just like, you know, you're just fucking going about your shit. You're not thinking, you know, I'm always thinking, which it affects me all the time. But, you know, I love feeling that way, though. Mm-hmm. It makes me a human. Okay. So what do you think is one of the most audacious lies somebody has ever either said about you or to you? Um uh lies uh you know there's just like i mean i don't know i'm not gonna lie i i kind of i kind of not try i tend not to focus on any of the negative things that try mm-hmm. to people try to bring into my life uh if someone tries to bring drama into me i shut i shut it down i'm just like listen i don't got time for this. i ain't got time for no, this. Like, nobody like, got time yeah for i mean it's it's i don't have time for rumors drama nothing um i'm a really like that's a big problem like i think in the scene sometimes is like it's political Mm -hmm. to the point where it's not even about the music anymore i'm here about the music and i was bullied a lot growing Mm -hmm. up i didn't have friends growing up and like i didn't fit into certain social groups and i didn't understand i had music to run back to and music's never betrayed me you Mm -hmm. know music's been there for me since forever and I'm there for the music. I can go to a festival. So I go to festivals. I go to shows sober. Yeah. I, 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 I smoke too. a little bit of weed and stuff, but I mean, I used to. I have I, anxiety. So yeah. yeah, I, 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 yeah. Got I mean, it, I used to take stuff all the time. I'm not going to lie. I like to be transparent about that and like let people know, like, you know, it, people can take stuff mm-hmm. and people can get out of it and grow out of it. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't think, I think people are all on their different paths in their spiritual journey, you know, and you just need to, be in tune with yourself, your body and your mind will speak to you and you should follow your intuition and like always make the best decision for yourself because at the end of the day, you're the only one who can treat yourself good. Absolutely. So looking back through your career, what is just one random memory that pops out in your head? (laughs) Looking back where I was in high school and I would DJ these grad parties for the kids I went to high school with. Oh, gnarly. Super, super funny. Like, like, it was my way of trying to fit in with mm-hmm. these people. 
We got to think about it, right? I would DJ these parties for five, six hours, but no one would be standing around. They're all running around, hanging out and doing stuff. And then Mm -hmm. I was told, oh, yeah, then, you know, thanks for coming and hanging out. We appreciate you just coming out. When I was told, you know, you'd get paid and stuff. I like looking back and seeing how much hard work I went and dedicated, you know, there. I went and tried to play at Orlando's, you know, that little teen Mm -hmm. nightclub. And my motivation and my pride then and looking back how young I was and how I was trying to make it happen to where I am now and the shows I play now and the bookings I'm getting and the artists I've connected with and like mm-hmm. artists to me, we're all just, we're all, we're all people, you know, I don't even, I used to, I used to look up to all these artists, you know, I still a big fan, but I'd look at myself as just like one of them. So it feels really good. I feel like I've earned that uh, sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you think is the best advice that you have been given? G. Jones, Hoffa track, it's all in your head. (laughs) I think that like, I think that we, you, I think everyone, I think that like, I think that the best advice that anyone could really get, I, I, I'm a big philosopher, so I love giving out advice. I think that in my personal opinion, being a good person, understanding that that's the motivation when you wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. and then putting good energy towards your music and stuff, and vibing with certain people that have the same mindset is the right way to go about your career. I am a firm believer that you should do whatever you please about your music and stuff, and that there is no right or wrong. And Um, There is good advice out there and that you should always keep an open mind when people are trying to communicate with you. Because if you don't like an idea someone offers, you can always control Z. And then on top of that, I also am a firm believer that someone tries to tell you you need to do something like stick to one genre or that's the only way you can brand because that's how marketing works. You know... Those are people who are just money hungry. You can find a lot more cooler people who will appreciate you and your sound just by keeping your eyes open and trying to find those like-minded people. They are out there. Trust me. Absolutely. So have you ever had any wild, crazy, or interesting experiences while working a show? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, in Orlando, I mean, mm-hmm. playing playing those shows and having like big name artists come up and say hi to me and be like, yo, you fucking killed your set. Like we were watching you from over here and like them talking about wanting to do collabs and stuff or work together in the future and stuff. That is awesome. Especially when it's people you like looked up to. Um, I got another big one, I guess like a really big, big uh, transitional point in my life. Um, there was a time when I was traveling to uh, Chicago and Indy, and I was trying to go see Boogie T and Subdocta in Chicago with a friend named Alex at the time, who also goes by Silo Sound, and we uh, we were on our way there. This was a while ago, and we couldn't go to the show in Chicago, but Low Temp and was playing the show with Zeke Beats in Indy, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I told I called Dylan and I was like, yo. Man, Chicago did not work out. And he's like, bro, if you're close by, just come down over here. You know, come stay the night and uh, come to the show. We'll get you in. I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. 
and uh, we got down there and it was probably one of the best experiences i've ever had in my life honestly oh, yeah uh we got to meet uh this man named john riley owner of primal management and primal productions super amazing dude um love that guy we both have the same birthday mm-hmm. super great friends we talk like on a regular basis doing huge things in orlando um and you know he took me in and showed me the whole production of everything that was going on gave me the full like experience of like getting backstage and getting to meet everybody and then thanks to like dylan and cody and all of them having me come out um they uh it, it was great i got to meet zeke beats uh, zeke beats is incredible man uh super super awesome Super friendly, man. You meet him. He's like, anyone ready for shots? Like, he's ready to go and have a great time, <laughs> honestly. And uh, I think it, anyone would have an awesome pleasure if you get to meet him and stuff. Um, but I think that was probably one of the coolest experiences I ever had. Because after that moment, mm-hmm. it put me in a mindset where I'm just, I'm there, you know? And now it's just work hard. So mm-hmm. don't lose it. Okay. So if you could create a new holiday that doesn't exist yet or isn't as a holiday that isn't as popular as it should be, what holiday would you make? I would make the like a pirate holiday. Okay, see that's that's what I was thinking. Pirates Day or something <laughs> yeah. like that. It's gotta be. Yeah, it's gotta be uh it's gotta be uh it's gotta be something. Everybody dresses, like, dresses up, you gotta dress like a, you have to dress up like Jack Sparrow yeah. and go down the street doing a Jack Sparrow run. Everybody can get drunk everybody get drunk on rum with your hands up running. Oh man. And then some people have to dress up like the Kraken and chasing after Yeah. So, how do you handle and deal with song requests? Song requests. Song requests. Mm, I, to be honest, uh, I don't really play shows. Like, if I'm, mm, I don't really play concerts or. Any, I mean, I play. I don't play things. I don't play like bars and stuff like that where people come mm-hmm. up and ask for song requests. Usually, because I'm like on a stage, so people mm-hmm. can't really like come up and ask me but um i mean i have people that ask me before um before i perform and i'll be like yo do you want me to put this song during my set i'm like oh yeah like you know get some promo for it that's that's totally cool i'm all about supporting people's music but no i've never been really in a position where it's like can you play throw it back you know like, <laughs> play holla back yeah. girls yeah actually play i do have i do have a fat holla back uh do have a fat holla back edit that okay. i okay play. Y'all okay gotta, y'all you gotta check that out sometime shout out to my boy netgate he's fucking filthy what Shit. skills do you have that make you good at what you do i think my mindset mm-hmm. i have a strong i'm disciplined uh and my morals i think my disciplining and my morals keep me protected and make i understand that like you know this is like a response you need to be a responsible being for people to like look up to and stuff and like have a have a certain light you know a great person who does that too is grizz grizz is great even after like when he performs, he goes on the mic and explains like you guys are all beautiful people and like you guys are like amazing. You guys need to 
you know, love each other and like, you know, it's all, we're all here together, you know? It's, Absolutely. So I think that's, I think that's the motivation right there. Do you have any uh, weaknesses that you are currently working on? Uh, yeah. I'm always working on stuff for myself. Um, and I think it's good to be aware of like whether <laughs> what things you're good at and Absolutely. things you are bad at. Absolutely. Uh, me personally, it's just like I'm working better on like my production, mm-hmm. uh, uh, making music wise. Uh, uh, being more better at uh, managing my time uh, with certain things. I think that like I'm kind of always rest- re- restlessly working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not really keeping a consistent workflow, but it is working. I mean, it is a workflow, but it's just like, I'm not really paying attention to how many hours I'm actually putting in on certain things and stuff, which, um, being more organized is something I'm trying to be more better at too. So other than that, um, nah, I mean, it's, it's all a growing process. It's all just a part of life kind of in a sense, but been very, very grateful and beneficial to stay responsible with all the situations. Were you ever, uh, I mean, sorry, my bad. Uh, what were you like in high school? Oh yeah, in high school, uh, uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was a strange kid from my mm-hmm. first like year. I got bullied out of my first high school. I had to transfer high schools. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, don't ever tell a kid to go kill himself <laughs> during class because <laughs> don't take that well. Nah, man. he'll just. I just stormed out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, be nice to people. Treat everyone with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Um, but you know what? That person did me a favor. Everything happens for a reason. And he put me in a motivational place to move new, new schools. And it's kind of when I started my DJing career. So uh, I got Everything into Vine. for a reason. Yeah. I got into Vine, too, and made, like, a Vine with Getter, too. Oh. Uh, the Sadude videos way back in the day. I was something that kind of, yeah. And it was cool. Something different, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. So were you ever given a pension? Oh, dude. Oh my God, I have a funny one. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a senior skip day, right? Mm-hmm. My dad calls the school and literally is like, hey, just to let you know, my son's going to be attending senior skip day today. So just go, oh, you know, man. like, so he doesn't have to come in. And they're like, there's no such thing. I'm like, bro, you just ratted me out. Like, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you got to bring him in. And then my dad was just like, there's no such thing. I'm like, dude, what are you, like, you're not supposed to tell him. <laughs> like, but, you know, <laughs> that was really, really funny kind of looking back now. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. So how okay. do you see EDM evolving in the next five years? And how do you see your brand, you, yourself and your brand evolving with it? Uh, exponentially. Um, five years, it's going to be insane growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, five years, I expect us to be at festivals, taking Davy Jones Locker, doing takeovers and stuff. Oh, Just yeah. this next year, uh, to be quite honest, we're planning like a tour. Okay. Uh, we're going to do takeovers. I mean, we have so many people mm-hmm. and connections and we're all motivated and we're all good friends with each other. So oh, yeah. you know, that's, that's what it takes to make a good dream happen. Um, and yeah, we're just going to put all of our intentions into it and make that happen. Uh, next five years, a uh, bunch of releases come out, get artists and highlighted places, get them releasing on other labels as well. We're supportive of all other labels. We're a non-compete label, and we're a multi-genre label too. Love it. So we love anyone love and it. anyone who wants to make music, yeah. that's mm-hmm. the. I think that's the right way to go about music. So I think that that was the motivation behind the Davy Jones Locker. Uh, also, my name is like Daoud, but in uh, French, it's David. And uh, David 
Jones, and my father's name is Gene. So it's literally a take on me and my I father's like name. I kind like of that. A little hidden innuendo. No one really will know that, but that'd be cool to share well, the with the podcast. Now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, five years, yeah, it's big things, big, big things. Okay, so um, you already say you're a pretty multi-genre guy. What genres do you plant? Do you think you see yourself experimenting with in the future? Yeah, uh, expect expect drum and bass coming out of me. Halftime, uh, trap, it. and house music, um, and experimental stuff. Stuff that really just kind of outlandish, like really stuff you wouldn't expect. Um, really unique sound. Uh, Definitely going to be uh, collaborating with a bunch of amazing artists. And we're, Davy Jones Locker is going to have a really unique sound that we're going to offer to the world for sure. Okay, awesome. What is the most rewarding part of the entire experience of what you do? All the people that mm-hmm. I'm connecting with. These, I, I, I honestly love everyone I've connected with. And they're all like my family. No, and, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I honestly had a really hard time connecting with like my local scene and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's nothing to them personally. It's just like, it's just the way I've, you know, I'm, I just, I'm usually mm-hmm. a very anxious person. Yeah. I'm not great at making friends. Yeah. I get it. I and, definitely do. And I appreciate all the people who come up and try to show me love and mm-hmm. that do show me love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm just a shy, anxious person. Yeah. Sometimes I do keep to myself. Um, uh, and I think that like, it's easier for me to be on a platform like that Mm -hmm. and then built it up to what it is. And now that everyone's kind of like involved, they're all building it up and they're helping me like with a lot of the stress and like a lot of the work that took to get it to where it was. And then now we as a team are building it together and it's nice to say that we, instead of just I, cause I really don't like that concept. I'm Mm -hmm. not a big fan. It's all a team effort at the end of the day. We're all a piece of the puzzle. Absolutely. So on the other end of that, what do you think is the most stressful part of your job? Ah, uh, man. Keeping a clear head and not getting, not getting sucked into your head that, like, I can't do this or uh, that I'm incapable of doing this or just because someone else started a... Like, something I... For, for example, <clears throat> I... Megalodon and Barrick and Chris C, the great friends, really amazing people. Uh, some, some person came by and was like mentioned in the Discord. He's like, so what do you think makes this record label like better than like a different record label? I'm like, well, we're not really a competitive like that. And he's like, well, other labels are really built by like big name artists and stuff. I'm like, sure. But I mean, there's plenty of labels that aren't like, mm-hmm. you know, and at the same time, I, I don't look at big name, small name. We're just all artists at the end of the day. Some make amazing music and I, you know, everyone has a big following behind that. I think at the end of the day, when you have a passion and you have a drive for something, you go for it and people will follow that and support you when the, when the intentions are right. And something I was not trying to beat myself up was like, you know, I don't have that many songs. I haven't played like huge festivals yet, you know, but it's all part of the process, you know? And instantly, when I felt that thought come into my head, I instantly was like, nope, and let it go right out. And I was just like, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm exactly where I am supposed to be at. So it's the right thing to do. So if you were a pizza topping, what would you be and why? Beef and black olives. Beef and black olives. You got it. Why are you beef and black olives? That is the move. I'm just like, you know, 
bringing the meat and giving you some veggie at the same time. Beef and black olive is my favorite uh, mm-hmm. toppings for pizza. So, I okay. mean, yeah. Okay. So, do you have a favorite smell? Oh, smell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like clone-wise or something? Maybe like... Mm. Like, like rain, like lavender, like flowers, like... I love the smell of flowers and stuff. I mean, cologne-wise, like me personally, to all my people who want to wear cologne out there, Azaro Chrome, Azaro you know, you can get Chrome. it at your local CVS maybe or whatever. We are not brought to you by Azaro <laughs> Chrome. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, <laughs> and then I like also personally like wearing um, like the Versace cologne or Dior. I do like the Versace. I wear Gucci. Yeah. yeah. So it really smells good. Like so... It. Tell me about your favorite performance of your career. Oh, man. So many good ones. But I got to say this last one that we did with the boys was really, really awesome. Uh, Low Temp, Mando, and Space Wizard. That show, we all fucking killed that. And it was such a great show. Such a great time. Mando's first big show, he came in last in sound and like... It's so funny. Before he played, he was he was like, "Dude, what if I mess up?" I'm like, "Bro, that's the maybe the best thing that can happen. Everyone's gonna know that you're actually up there doing something." And he actually did. He's like, "Ah, uh, you know it happens." And everyone was like, "Yeah," getting down. And he just had the biggest smile on his face. I was like, "You handled that like a champ," you know. And it's so funny. Space Wizard did the same thing. I mean, I I did it. You know, we all do it. So it's like yeah. it it's it's so common. But that show was awesome. Um, I mean. And it was so funny because it was like a whole year from there that before I actually played at the bottleneck and opened for a company. And that was an awesome show too. Um, that was really cool. That was like my first like big show, I think, like for artists and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it, was, it just kind of took off from there. Um, Super Ave and Smokeland, Peekaboo. Uh, I've also done a few shows in Florida with some other big name artists as well. Um, I've also opened for like Lizzie Jane and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Really okay. good time. So do you think you have a worst performance and what do you think you learned, learned from it? Mm, yeah. Um, you know, so my last, not going to lie. I, and this is no, this is no, um, you know, speaking bad on anything or whatnot. But I played at a Magic Moon Festival. Ooh. And it was really, I think the idea mm-hmm. and everything was super awesome. I mm-hmm. think they did a great job, mm-hmm. everyone who came out. Mm-hmm. The only thing I was a little off on was the sound and the setup for the second stage. Because mm-hmm. the first day they were saying, you know, if you, know, if you don't want to, you know, the sound, if you don't like it, you know, that's, all, that's what we got to offer and stuff. Yeah. Then the second day after I already performed after the first day and I actually had it late, I just ended up leaving. Um, they said, yeah, the sound wasn't, they went ahead and understood. So I mm-hmm. wish I would have been understanding from the first time we could have got it set up better. Cause I wanted to bring a really great performance. Um, and I had flown out from like Florida. Oof. So it was kind of, that was kind of, uh, it was kind of a tough one, but at the same time it was okay. Uh, mm-hmm. they, it was their first, uh, big go or no, it was their second go. So, I mean, better things to come for the next mm-hmm. year for them and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I appreciated having them having me out. So, yeah. So we're running about a bit about on time. So why don't you tell us before we go a little bit about 
what you're working on now, what we have to look forward to coming up, what you can tell us about. Yeah. So, um, uh, pretty much, uh, Davy Jones Locker, uh, we're going to be having a release coming up this Halloween. Uh, if anyone is an artist and is tuned into this podcast and is listening, if you would like to put a submission in, we are taking submissions in, uh, currently it's going to be under, uh, Davy Jones Locker Records at gmail.com. Um, you probably want to hop into the discord as well. If you're going to want to do a submission, um, on top of that, uh, for my Kraken project, uh, shout out to, uh, brand one and, uh, the Oak media boys. They're all doing a studio setup. Uh, they're doing ED. <laughs> they're doing like, no, that. no, you're okay. Uh, yeah. The Oak, uh, Oak media guys. And, and the brand one KC guys, they're doing uh, EDKC, EDKC or something. So mm-hmm. that's going to be nice. It's going to be October yeah, I'm 8th. I'm pretty excited for EDKC. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. It's going to be something really unique, new, something new to bring out. And uh, other than that, uh, yeah, tune in for Davy Jones for next year too. We got some big things coming. And uh, yeah, you don't want to miss out for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I would like to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to come on. It means a lot to us over here at the Electric Bunch. Um, anyone you want to yes. give shouts out to or anything yeah. like that? I mean, I want to say thank you very much to you mm-hmm. as well for having me on. It's been an awesome pleasure to have you uh, have me on. I uh, love your podcast. You've been doing an awesome job. I just wanted to thank you. I pass the love it. on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I want to do a big shout out to uh, everyone at the Davy Jones Locker. I'm super proud of every single one of you guys. You guys are all amazing. You guys are incredible. And I just want you guys all to prosper and keep doing what you guys are doing. Uh, shout out to my man, uh, my man, Blaze. Uh, dude, I really appreciate all the work you do for the, the label and how much help and dedication you put in. I want to shout out to all my executive board members and stuff. Um, and on top of that, shout out to my boy Landon, who's always been supportive of my project since day one. And on top of that, uh, all my friends who are out there making music and stuff, keep striving and put a smile on your face and everything's going to be great. Just love each other. I think that's the best answer I can say. Well, I think that's about it. Kansas City, you stay sexy, you stay safe, and have a fantastic weekend. Yeah, peace. Stay cracking.